my friends, we're going live in just a few minutes. Um, we're waiting just to get a couple more things set up and then we will be going live. If you could, in the meantime, just make sure and let me know. Um, I see that there's at least one person watching. Can you let me know that you hear uh, my audio, hear the mic? Um, because um, I'm going to go place the mic near a speaker so that you can hear each of the speakers um, talking. Uh, thank you, Carol. I appreciate that. Uh, Carol, just uh, want to check you can hear the audio okay? Oh, good. Here, well, thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Thank you, Maria. Appreciate that. Uh, like I said, it'll be, uh, we'll be starting up in just a couple minutes. I am going to be um, setting the mic up near a speaker in just a few minutes to um, make sure that you can hear the speakers from the speaker. <laughs> hey, Fernando, nice to see you. Thank you for coming on. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thank you, Carol. Appreciate it. All right. Um, oh, sorry. People are coming by and saying hi. Um, where did I put my cup? I had a cup somewhere. There we go. All right. So uh, you may have to put up a, a little bit of silence from time to time as um, I'm looking around at see how we're doing. We have a, a nice crowd here. We got a bunch of people standing up behind the camera, a bunch of people seated in front of the camera. Uh, <laughs> we have people saying hi all over the place here. Um, but this, it was a great restaurant. If you've not been uh, to the Novo Cafe up in Westlake Village, um, you're missing out. It's a great restaurant. And um, Massimo is um, an amazing entrepreneur, a person who fought against the mandates, the mask mandates, and um, the requirement that they were trying to have uh, people um, show their vaccine cards, that kind of stuff. So uh, Massimo, the owner of Novo Cafe, he um, fought against it and has been fined hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars and has not paid a dime yet to uh, anyone. Um, I was going to see if I can get an interview with him, but he's, there's a lot of busyness behind the camera over here. So sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll actually come to the front of the camera for just one second. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, I'm actually live right now on the, on the phone. But, um, so I'm talking to people on the phone. But yeah, we have a, a really good crowd coming right now and people are sitting down and getting prepared for the speakers we have here. Like I said before, we have a couple of surprises that we'll be uh, presenting two of the speakers with. So you're going to want to stick around for that. Uh, we have great information on the vaccine mandates and what we need to know about the vaccines. We got Alex Meyer, who just flew in and is ready to speak on that subject matter. We have, uh, of course, all the other issues that have to do with CRT and uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and, you know, sex education, the pornographic sex education, all that kind of stuff is going on. I know I'm speaking to the, uh, <laughs> I'm speaking to people live online. I'll be speaking to you guys in just a minute. <laughs> I thought it would look funny. That's why I stayed back there for a little while, but so uh, people were saying they couldn't hear my mic. Uh, that's because I'm talking to you guys and I'm not talking to them. Um, but, uh, we will be starting in just a few minutes here.
Of course, we have um, computers out front where we're signing people in, people registered online. And we have people that are coming here that didn't register. So uh, as any organization, um, we will only thrive by the number of people that uh, go to CaliforniaParentAlliance.org and register to show that we have what would be called a membership. Now, you don't need to pay to be in the membership. Um, it is free, but we would encourage anybody to, to give whatever they can to allow this organization to grow and thrive so that we can continue to hold um, events like this one, where we have an audio-visual guy who's running the, um, the slides. We have the, the cameras. We have the microphone set up. We have... Um, uh, you know, all the things that go along with setting up this kind of a conference. We have people that we flew in. Um, we have people that we're giving awards to. All those things require um, some moolah. So that's one of the reasons why we want to make sure that everybody that comes here, that we get their information, their um, email address and their phone number so that they can be contacted about what it is that they want and what they need our help with. So um, we're doing that. And what else can I tell you about while well, we're wasting time here waiting for everybody to arrive? We still have a bunch of people outside that are still signing in. Uh, you know what? My watch, I did not move the time on my watch. So according to my watch, we have 45 minutes, but uh, we're actually 15 minutes in. And I think we plan to go live with the show, with the uh, event at 7.15. Now, I know I told you guys 7, but uh, that was because we needed to make sure everything was working properly and get everything set up. Since we're going to be getting started here pretty soon, what I'm going to do is go ahead and set the mic up over on the speaker and next to a speaker that you guys can hear. Let's see how many people we have watching. Good. Legalized freedom, Carol says. That's awesome. Uh, pedophiles need to go to jail. <laughs> well, yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> it's packed. Thank you, Landra. Landra is sitting in the front row. <laughs> it is. It's packed. Uh, and that's a good thing. We were hoping that we would have uh, a number of people here. And we do. We saw people coming through the door, so I'm so sorry. One of the one of the delays is making sure that we get the line that's outside inside um, before we get started, because we hate. Uh, part of it has to do with the sign up process. Of course, that takes a little bit more time, and I'm sure people didn't uh, think ahead of time that if it started at seven, that they needed to go through a process before they came inside. But um, that's kind of what happened. So we'll be getting started here pretty soon. All right, so I'm going to go set the mic up. You're going to be uh, in silence for just a little bit while um, we get the show started. So excuse the, the little bit of silence, but I'll, maybe I'll get in front of the camera and do a dance or something like that. Maybe. All right, let me go to the area. Oh, you guys are missing on the tacos, too. If you, if you were here, you could eat the tacos, but you're not here, so no tacos for you. All right. Put my mic on the headless woman over here. All right. So I'm going to put you up here. You should be able to hear everything. I'll check from time to time. If you have trouble hearing uh, the speakers, uh, let me know.
Well, good evening, everyone. My name is Steve Coker. If I could get everybody's attention. I know there's there's still a few folks that are uh, still a few folks that are looking for uh, for seating. So um, please come on in. We're about ready to get started. Uh, let me just say, if you cannot find a seat, you really want to sit down. We do have an overflow section over here where there's a monitor where you can still see and hear back in uh, this back section. So please come on in and uh, and have a seat. 
I'd like to say my name is Steve Coker. I'm one of the board members at California Parent Alliance and uh, really excited to, uh, to have you all here and really excited about the, the speakers that we have uh, for you guys. So um, I'm gonna ask you guys for, for uh, one, one favor, right, to uh, get started. Who has, who has registered when you came on in? Thank you so much um, for, for giving us that information. I know that um, I'm always wary of who, who I give my information to, but know that um, that's, that information is only for us. It's really just so that we can stay in contact with you. We're not selling it or, or giving it away to anyone else, but we're hopeful that we can keep you apprised of future, uh, future events. So thank you for doing that. Uh, like I say, there is a uh, overflow back in the back if you guys want to come on in. Um, and um, my name is Steve Coker, and what I'll be doing is just keeping us on track here this evening. So we're going to start out with uh, Dave Glinky with a prayer, if you guys can join us. What a great group. Um, I'm on the uh, elder board for Godspeak, so I'm going to do a couple little plugs. This Wednesday is the Free Ventura meeting at 6.30. Free Ventura is the, the organization that's putting all these elements together, what you guys are doing, what Brave is doing, finding candidates. So 6.30 this Wednesday is an opportunity for another meeting for you guys to go to. And then um, I sit on the board of directors for Turning Point Academy with Charlie Kirk. And I just want to let you know there's some good stuff coming down the pike. Uh, he has this uh, teacher's watch list. He just started a uh, school board watch list. And we have some great news coming out pretty soon on, on homeschooling through uh, Turning Point. So keep you posted on that. Hopefully we'll have some news in the next couple of weeks and let you know about that. But it's an honor to open up in prayer, so let me do that. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for such a great group of people, the parents that are protecting our most blessed and given gift that you give us, our children, Lord. Put a protection around the parents, put a protection around our children, Lord, and help the, the leaders that are out there uh, listen to you and be wise, Lord, and help us to have leader, new leaders that are standing up and make, taking this fight, your fight, to protect our children, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. All right, with that, let me introduce our first speaker for the evening, Andy Falco. Andy is the president of California Parent Alliance. Uh, Andy is down, uh, coming from uh, Orange County and has had uh, very good success in making an impact on the school board down there, so we're excited to welcome Andy. All right, it's gonna be hard to stay back here. I like to walk around a lot, um, but I'm from Orange County, California. I was a police officer with the city of Anaheim for 21 years. Uh, I was in sex crimes and family crimes, and I'm getting right to the gist of it because I've seen the problem with a lack of education. Most of the people I arrested in my career had a lack of education, and that's why they ended up in cuffs and in the back of my patrol car or bit by my police dog. But just like you, I was here at the last event sitting in the seats. I did not, um, I mean, even two years ago, did not envision that I would be doing anything in regard to education or school boards or school districts. I just, I, I have six kids. Um, two of them are in elementary school. Thank you. I did all the work. Um, 
two in elementary school, one in junior high, two in high school, and one adult. Uh, and so I just thought, just like many other parents, is that I would just vote for the incumbent for the school board. And because, I mean, it seemed fine until COVID hit. And then we realized that it wasn't fine. It's a, it's a mess. And it's a much bigger mess now, even when it was that we first found out because they decided that they wanted to do the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates and a whole bunch of other stuff. So um, uh, the, my purpose for getting involved for the California Parent Alliance is because I was angry, uh, because I saw a need and I thought, you know, um, I do want this to spread throughout the state of California. I, we need parents to be involved. We essentially need a parents union and to get rid of the teachers unions. And so until it is time for somebody to take over my spot, I will continue here uh, and do what I can. Uh, so far, we're up to a good start. I, would, I didn't know if two people would show up. So I'm glad that all of you have showed up. So if we go to the, the first slide uh, of the presentation, I'm going to be very brief. And that is the fight has just begun. Our kids are worth it. And the reason I titled it that is because I think some people might think now that our kids are unmasked, at least in Orange County, uh, today was the first day they could go without a mask or choose uh, to go without a mask. Um, that some people think that's it. Oh, okay, we're done. No, we're not done. Again, we didn't start this because of the masks. It just added on to the problems we already have. And our kids are definitely worth it. They may be a pain in the butt uh, from time to time, but uh, um, how bad can they be if they're not educated? They could be very bad, not only for us, but for the rest of the world. So next slide. <clears throat> Poor education has negative effects on our world and our future. And uh, I know that sounds very easy to say and, and a, a huge thing to say, but we are in a, a, a lot of trouble here in the United States of America. Our, our, the, the amount of children that can't read and do math, basic stuff, is because of what we've not done in the schools and what parents uh, that have not been involved in the school districts and the school boards and making sure right people are in place. We've learned uh, over the last couple of years is that there's a lot of people in jobs that they never should be doing. They don't have the skill to do it. They're not smart enough to do it. They should be running a lemonade stand, and they might not be able to do that. But I know for sure in our school district, which is the Placentia Yorba Linda School District, there have been a few people that I've looked at and said, how in the world do you get around in this world? I, I, it doesn't make any sense because they, it's like they don't read any of the science. They don't read any of the research. They don't uh, um, understand basic common sense or how to even critically think when it comes to doing one thing to the next. And so it's, it's something that I think definitely has started in our school districts and in our school. We need to make some changes. Next slide. <clears throat> and so, of course, uh, you all know this, but I just want to make sure make it very clear where I'm coming from is that it creates poor leaders. We have a lot of very poor leaders, do we not? Uh, we sent one over to Europe to talk about peace. And uh, I mean, she can't even string two sentences together. Um, uh, uh, we got creates uh, woke educators uh, because of the lack of education, normalizes crime and lack of morals, uh, encourages mediocrity, allows for the graduation of the uneducated. We know that for sure because they've taken away some of the the um, uh, the school, the grades that requires somebody to graduate. They say, well, you don't need to read to graduate. You don't need <laughs> you don't need to even see it a ever in your life to graduate. You can uh, graduate with all straight F's. You don't even have to go to school. And you can graduate is what we're learning in some school districts. Uh, starves children of life skills and starves children of coping skills. Because now everybody's a victim. If you're the wrong color, if you have green hair, if you want to pee in a, uh, a litter box, 
Um, they don't know how to deal with this kind of stuff. And it, it's really sad what we have done to our children. Next uh, slide. I hope you know this is an adult, adult crowd today, right? We don't, we don't have any kids here. Being a police officer for 21 years, you sometimes forget uh, how to talk. But according to the, De the Department of Justice, uh, academic failure is linked to delinquency, violence, and crime. More than 70% of American prison inmates cannot read at a fourth grade level. So if we don't think education is important, that one slide right there should tell you that we could, if, if they want to empty out the prisons, you don't empty them out by letting go of the murderers and the rapists. You teach children how to read and write so they don't become murder and rapists. That's how you, you, you um, reduce the number of people in the prisons. Next, 85% of juvenile offenders have trouble reading. 85%, that is incredible. Um, I would tell, I, I got a little bit of a personal story, but my children were being homeschooled um, for a little while and I'm not meant to be a teacher, so I didn't want them to be homeschooled. Their mom did, but what we realized is we're not teachers, right? We're, we're not teachers. And so they were having trouble reading. Uh, by, by the time we got divorced and I was looking at the kids, they were having trouble reading and writing. And that was the very first thing that I knew that had to change. So I'm not sure where they get the idea that reading and writing is not something that's necessary in schools anymore, but it sure seems that's the direction they want to go. And really it has to do with, I think one aspect is that if, if the children don't have to show that they are doing well and being educated, then the teachers don't have to work as hard. And I, and I, I don't, I, I love teachers. I'm sure there's a lot of fantastic teachers out there, but how much easier is it to work if you if you don't have a have to prove your work product, right? It's like making iPhones that don't actually work. Well, it looks like an iPhone, but I can't call on it. But it's okay. It's just still an iPhone. It could graduate and go into your pocket. But I need to make phone calls. But that's the same thing they're doing with the kids. They're creating a product that doesn't work, and that's why we have 85% of juvenile offenders that have trouble reading. Next. A low literacy rate makes it less likely that an individual will vote or participate in civic activity. How low is our voting uh, attendance other than the dead people? We have a lot more dead people voting <laughs> than should be voting. All right. <laughs> yes. Next slide. A low literacy rate is associated with a lower level of employment opportunities and outcomes. In consequence, uh, they are often dependent on welfare, have low self-esteem, and are more likely to commit crimes. If you look at Baltimore, Chicago, Los Angeles, um, a whole number of other areas, uh, usually blue cities and states, um, this is where we see that problem, right? Where they have low, uh, uh, low self-esteem, um, and they are more likely to commit crimes. And that, that, is, that is unfortunate that that's where we're at today. So one more slide. I think I have one more. Yeah, an estimated $1 billion is lost to the global economy every year due to illiteracy. And it brings me to the one final thing is that if we don't educate our kids here in the United States, where are we going to get educated children? From China, from Korea, South Korea, maybe North Korea. I'm not sure if I'll let them out. Um, but all the other areas that take education a lot more serious. And it is ruining our country that our children, our children are the ones that are going to have to work at low level jobs, unskilled jobs, while we bring in children that can actually build a bridge, actually make a cell phone, actually do the things that are needed to do. And where we are being pushed out of our own country because our children are not being educated enough to be able to do the work. And so that is why we're not done. Next slide. And there's my family, there's my kids. And this is why I do this. And um, again, there's a lot of them there. The one, there's one not there, that's the older one. She doesn't like picture, her picture being taken. But those are, the, those are the, 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 the people that we need to do this for, our family, 
my wife, of course. Uh, it's um, incredibly important to make sure that we, we keep in mind what it is that we um, have as far as a motivation. And it's not just the family, but our, those kids, all those kids are going to go out into the world. Do I want them to be in a prison? No. Do I want them to be juvenile delinquents? No. I want them to be um, good, healthy children that make a, a, a difference in this world, that do something that will be a positive, a positive impact on the community. That is why I really want to come here and just my part for today is to tell you that we're not done. We're not done when the mask get taken off. We're not done when the vaccine stops being uh, pushed upon us. We're not done when CRT gets banned because we're pretty close to getting it banned at uh, Placentia Urban School District. We're pretty close, but that's that we're just scratching the surface. We need to make a lot of changes in our schools and we want to make sure and uh, bring curriculum that helps them grow, helps their brain grow and helps them be stronger. So with that, I want to do um, something here. I want to invite Priscilla and my wife, Hedy, up, who are also part of the organization. Let's give them a round of applause. <laughs> this is my wife, Hedia, who you saw on the screen there. Uh, she is our legal counsel um, for the California Parent Alliance. And the only thing I would like for you to ask is why would an organization like ours need to have any kind of legal counsel? What is it we can get involved in, especially being a nonprofit? Uh, hi, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming today. So the importance of legal counsel, if, if people haven't figured that out, is that there's so many regulations in nonprofits. And because we're in kind of controversial space in this um, advocacy and education about parent rights, it's really important that we do things properly. So my job and Priscilla's job is to make sure that the money and the papers go the places they're supposed to go and that we run with corporate governance that is stellar. Uh, I've, I've been running nonprofits for about 30 years now. Um, that's what I do. I'm corporate counsel, nonprofit corporate counsel to be specific, and to make sure that our finances are in order, that we file our 990s appropriately, that the money is going where we say it's going to go. It's earmarked when it's been asked to be earmarked, and that the donation process is seamless and that we give records out to people who donate money. All of those little things that keep us above reproach in the event, in the, in the hopefully unlikely event that somebody were to ask, we are able to provide that documentation. So we wanted to let you know that that's the kind of organization that we intend to uphold and that we intend to uphold if you invest with us. Thank you, Hedia. So, where are you going? I didn't release you. <laughs> Priscilla Rocha is our treasurer. And uh, she has a long history of uh, dealing with uh, the books and making sure that they're all, all correct. And uh, we trust her with everything that we have. And if all of you are concerned about anything that has to do with the money, where it's going, what's happening, Priscilla is the one who will be able to take care of that and let you know where it's going. And she is shy. I, I know that from the Zoom meeting. And so I won't make you talk. But uh, we appreciate you, Priscilla. So this is Priscilla, just so you know who we're dealing with. Thank you. Now you can go. Dis dismissed. I, I really wanted to introduce those two in particular because they're the, that's the most important thing. Uh, when you have so much going on in the state of California, in Placentia, we have Placentia or Belinda, uh, where I'm from, is that we have a number of little organizations, little angry parent parent groups, right? And they want to start their organizations. And one of my messages to them is said, you know, join us as a chapter. And we could call it the Placentia Yorba Linda chapter of the California Parent 
that's a lot that's a lot of work we could do that um but um but do that so you don't have to create the nonprofit. so you don't have to get your own legal counsel so you don't have to get your own treasurer so that you can join an organization you can still have your projects and your in your the things that you want to do but join our organization so that you have the covering of a, an established organization this has been around for a couple of years i just started but this has been around for a couple of years uh, and so it's ready to go. So if you're watching online, which I have some people watching online right now, or if you're in here and you're thinking, I want to start a, an angry parent group. Well, you can, but join ours. And uh, we'll be able to pull the money together. We'll be able to earmark money for your chapter and make sure that you have the resources you need to do something like this. All these things are very important. So with that, I hope that you guys enjoy yourself and enjoy the other speakers. Thank you very much. Take questions? Oh, sure. I can take a couple questions. I have a very simple question. Yes, what's the very simple question? You said that if we join your organization, which I think is a great idea, rather than having all these other separate organizations, the money can be earmarked for our organization. How would that work? Let's say we raised uh, $50,000 in our little neighborhood. Um, would we have to give it to you? Not to me, but it would go into the organization? where we have our treasurer and our legal counsel has her hand up in the air, who's going to come over here on the mic so everybody can hear you. Uh, and she will answer that question. That's why I brought smart people on because I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to do that. Yes. Yes. Hedia, by the way, she was a, um, a contractor with the FBI for several years. She actually tried to tell the U S government how bad bin Laden was and they didn't listen to her. And that is a true story. If, Oh, sorry. I was getting ready to leave. All right. What do you have? Uh, so it's, it's actually quite a simple process. So if you have a name that's already established, we could file a DBA doing business as a trade name for the organization. And depending on your, your governance structure that, you know, we'd have to approve your governance structure. Um, we can create a separate bank account. So we create a separate bank account and depending on how far you want to take it, we can even develop a separate um, organizational status. It's a corporate legal entity, but until that point, we could also just have you have a separate bank account. That's that's responsible back to us, and it'll have to go on our 990s. But um, you could be responsible for those funds yourself. Is that the gentleman that's asking? I'm looking at. Okay. Oh, he's behind the light. No, that's fine. You answered. That, that was a perfect answer. Um, Follow-up question. So we could have our own private organization in our area. You're going to help us. You're going to support us. We can create our own funds, and then you'll create a bank account for us. And the good thing is, is you'll cover us legally, so to speak. You'll you'll yeah. show us how to how to do it right. Yes. Thank you. And it'd be tax deductible. Yes. Yes. People. Like, for example, I met this great group and they were telling me that they want to create a 501c3 and they're like, and we're going to support these candidates. And I'm like, oh, no, you're not. Not as a 501c3. They're like, what? You can't do that? And I was like, oh, uh, it's like it's really scary to think that some people go and think that all it is is filing the corporate paperwork. But it's not. There's a lot of IRS regulations into filing your 1023, getting the tax exempt status and maintaining that tax exempt status. I had. Um, to, I don't know what our political leanings are in this room, but I'm presuming mostly conservative, but I had an opportunity to work for um, President Trump's PAC and they were sued like monthly. So it's, it, I am very familiar with the rules and regulations for how to, wonder, how to run a 501c3 separate from PACs, separate from C4s um, to make sure that we do it right and we stay above board. Awesome. 
Do you know President Trump? I do. Wow. Now all of you are saying, why didn't they make her president? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there that day and they voted and so now I'm president. Was there another question out there? Probably. We have a lot of speakers, so when we go okay. to get to the speakers. Right. That was Let's, a great question right. though. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. All right, well, next up we have Amy Bond. Amy is the co-founder and president of Perk, and uh, we're excited to hear what uh, Amy's been doing to fight back against some of the mask and vaccine mandates. Was there anybody that did not clap for me? <laughs> just, just, just checking. The, the fun part about tonight is I'm here among friends and neighbors in our local community. So before I go into my presentation, I actually have an announcement for you, and it's in the form of a video. Has anybody seen what happened in Washington, D.C. just uh, about a little over a month ago with the Defeat the Mandate rally? Do you guys see that? Okay, so who saw that? I can't see you at all because of the light. No. Uh, okay, so in Washington, D.C., they held a massive event and they had more than 40,000 people there. So guess what the good news is? They're bringing that here to LA. So if you'll play that video, I want you guys to get a taste of what's coming. of what you get when you choose to attack all members of the human family. This is what you get when you decide to go after a person's child. And I have to make it very clear that they really didn't expect all of this. Thousands from across the country rallied today in Washington, D.C. For a rally against COVID-19 mandates. The message for many on Sunday was not anti-vaccine, right. but the right to choose. Thank all of you for coming out today to stand up for our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. The determination to preserve medical freedom is in your hands. We're fighting for ourselves, our patients, and all of you. We are fighting against Big Pharma. They have always put profits before patients. You know, here in the United States, really, it's going to be black people who really should get it first. So my African-American brothers and sisters, the vaccine that you're going to take was developed by an African-American woman. As an African-American, I come here as one of the most vaccine-hesitant groups. If you choose to take the vaccination, do you take it? We should have a choice. The vaccine passports and the vaccine mandates take us back to the days of segregation. It's back to the slave passports. Are you free or are you not free? You can't go here if you're not free or I'm tired of these people that sit in the White House that stimulate race wars. We're going to come together and we're going to fight these mandates together. I'm tired that we are being experimented on. We have been deceived. I'm tired that we are being manipulated. They used our artists. They used our athletes, our singers, our rappers. Celebrities are under a tremendous amount of pressure because they use celebrities to, to control the black community. Shout out to we the people. Oh yeah, I forgot they made that phrase, racist too. But as 
you see in the audience, those who are Muslims, Christians, those in the Jewish community, Democrats, Republicans, white, black, everyone all in between. This is the example that they do not want to see that they have no choice. This fall is so beautiful. Look at all of you. Look at you. The world sees us. We are 17,000 doctors. We are the last beacon of hope. We will not stop fighting for truth and for life. I believe in you. Are we going to reclaim the dream? Now the people rise up. Let's reclaim our country. The truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose. It will defend itself. Are you guys excited? <laughs> Put it on your calendar, April 10th. It's gonna be an all day thing. We're still figuring out what time it's gonna start because it's gonna be an all day thing. But I hope to see you all there. We're gonna be putting out, we're gonna be working with all our partners across the state. Perk is gonna be one of the sponsors with the Defeat the Mandate group. We are so excited. Are you guys excited? <laughs> we anticipate, well, we're gonna make this the biggest one yet. And if we do, there could be more than 80,000 people there if we're doing this right. So it could be a huge crowd, historic, here in California, which would be the biggest event we've had to date here in California. So be ready to use your voice. I'm so excited. Are you guys excited? <laughs> okay, now to the other stuff, right? Okay, so I'm going to go to part of what I'm here to talk about with the, with the children. Have you guys, is anybody a little tired? I'm going to be honest, like, are you a little bit fatigued with COVID this and COVID that and mandates and even rallies and protests and meetings? Are you feeling a little tired? Well, we are too. So too bad because we got more to go. If you need a massage, we've got people who can do that and get you pumped up. So, all right, let's go to my first slide, please. So I want to talk to you about what's happening at the Capitol, because this is going to impact every single one of you if we don't stop it. So we are going to stop it. We do have strategies in place, but you have to understand what's happening so we can be ready, awake, and educated about how to fight this. How are we doing on my slides back there? <laughs> Who took those? Is Bill Gates spying on me again? Dang. Okay. Well, while, oh, there we go. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. So go to the next slide. All right. So I want to talk to you about a couple of things that are happening where we're actually winning because sometimes we hear all about the problems and everything's coming and we don't always hear about the victories, right? So I want to tell you this. Uh, Perk right now is actively engaged in six lawsuits across the state of California. Go ahead. You can clap for that. <laughs> And up to several of those, what we're seeing happening, mandates are being dropped, mandates are being pushed back and, and pushed to the fall. We're seeing in some of our lawsuits, the city is backing off on the booster shot. We're seeing also that the city is having to change their own rules in order to try to get around the lawsuits. We are seeing all of those kinds of things. But what does that tell you? It tells you that we are winning. The work we're doing is working. And every time we're winning, I mean we, I mean all of us, every single organization that's pushing back, every single one of you that's writing letters, every single one of you that's pulling your kids out 
homeschooling them or pushing back with, you know, against the mandates, walking into a grocery store, right? Like what has happened in our society is that the most simple, basic parts of our movement in society are actually us being uh, having civil disobedience, right? Like you're going into the grocery store, not wearing a mask and all of a sudden that's a protest, right? No go cafe. We, we need to clap for Mosmo and his wife and family. They have been warriors here local in our community, keeping their restaurant open when everybody else closed. So that's the type of amazing thing happening. And so when we are winning, I mean, really, we, it's this collective effort. We're part of a global movement across the entire world, you guys, not just here in Little Ventura County. We're part of the whole state, the whole entire country, and the whole world. So it's actually pretty phenomenal. So I do want to point out just a couple of things. Did you guys know that $15 billion is being funneled to the schools in order for them to implement the COVID measures? So whenever you see that it's still going on, they're still testing, they're still masking, they're still trying to promote the mandate, ask yourself that question, where's the money? Where's the money coming from? Because they are being supported to do this. So that's part of why they don't care as much about de-enrollment because they've got a backup, don't they? So we gotta figure out how to solve that. So next, next slide. All right, one of the things you should know that's happening across the state of California. In, the, in Sacramento, they put together what's called a vaccine caucus, okay? So basically this is the whole group of Voldemorts at the Capitol who, who we won't even say their names or repeat them because they are creating something that's insane. So next slide. So what they're doing is they have pulled together seven legislators at the Capitol and their intent, their goal is to basically push through vaccine bills, okay? And we're talking about everybody that will impact everyone in the state. Children, it's not just children. Employers, not just employers. It's you being able to walk in and out of a store. It's a digital passport. It's employers. It is everything. So we are definitely pushing back on that, but you need to know what's happening so that we can all be doing this together. Okay, next slide. So just to give you a quick idea, obviously based on how much time I have, I can't go over everything in detail, but you need to understand these key bills, okay? There's about nine right now, so just from the time we made the slide <laughs> to the time we're actually spe speaking, there are more, okay? So just to highlight a few you should know about. Number one, related to our children, SB 866, this is the bill they're putting forward that would allow children as young as 12 years old to consent to the COVID shot without their parents' knowledge or consent, okay? Without that at all. Children have a hard time even making a TV dinner by themselves. You have to remind our 11-year-old to brush her teeth every night and to take a shower. So imagining that they can make a medical decision, I like, this is just, they took away um, from children. They didn't want them to be able to choose to vape or not. Do you guys remember that? The whole vaping everything but somehow that medical decision is different than this one, okay? So that's happening. Next one, SB 871. This one is probably one of the worst bills that we have uh, right now on the table. This one would mandate the COVID shot for children as young as daycare, so babies, all the way through high school, 
And they're trying to remove the personal belief exemption so children and parents wouldn't even have an exemption, no option to opt out. Otherwise, they get kicked out of school, okay? And then, in addition to that, they want to try to get around the EUA laws. You guys remember what an EUA is? What is an EUA? You guys get an A plus and free Massimo water at Novo Cafe. Okay. All right. So, yes, an emergency use authorization. So, what does that mean, though? That means that this is still under experiment. It's an experiment. It's still investigational, right? So, it's not yet through the clinical trials. It's not yet fully approved or fully licensed. And under the EUA law, actually, Alex Myers, one of the biggest experts, honestly, about EUA, she wrote a phenomenal letter that went out to all the schools across California last year, calling them out, putting them on notice that they can't violate the EUA law. And it helped to, help, I mean, it literally pushed back against thousands of schools. So it was phenomenal. But the EUA, the whole point is that if it's still investigational, you and I and our children, we have a right to refuse, right? We have a right to opt out. And that's actually written in the law, okay? So what our California legislators are trying to do is they are trying to change the rules and make it so that they get around that with the children. They want to basically make it not matter that it's an EUA product and still make it required for children as young as daycare, okay? So when I tell you that that is one of the worst bills, the other ones are bad too, but that is atrocious. Can we agree on that? Right? Are you like, oh my gosh, it's okay. So here's a couple of things you should know about. I want to tell you real quick, I want to stay on 871 for just another second. You need to know a couple of things. The vaccine itself for children has not proven to be effective at all. Like we already know the risk factor for children is actually basically zero, right? We're on the same page about that. But even Pfizer's data shows that it's only 12%, and I don't even believe this, but according to them, it shows that it's 12% effective in kids 5 to 11. So the, that effectiveness is so low, okay? We're talking so, so low. But even, even that, we don't know any of the long-term effects on kids, do we? Not even one. We don't know the long-term effects on children when you co-administer other shots at the same day, same time, but just in a different arm. We have zero, you guys, zero long-term studies about that impact on children. Not even one, okay? So when you want to see us fired up, that bill is what has us extremely fired up, okay? It, it disregards, you know, natural immunity. I mean, we could go on and on and on about the reasons why this is a very, very, very bad bill. So, but I wish that wasn't all. I start to feel like an infomercial, like... <laughs> And that's not all, everybody. There's more. So here's, there's more. We have SB 1479. That would basically continue what's happening right now with testing and make it mandatory for schools across the state to test for COVID at school, required to go to school, okay? There's more, AB 1993. This one actually mandates the COVID shot for employers and independent contractors across the entire state. Essentially, no one is safe from these bills, okay? They are trying to supersede any county, any city law, any, you know, uh, unincorporated territories and try to go around that and create a state law, right? 
So that's what they're trying to do. Then you have stuff related to doctors, okay? So you have AB2539, and that would require, you know, COVID vaccine documentation to receive services, uh, to go into a court. Like we're talking, I mean, probation, you have to come back to court, you'd be required to have a COVID shot. Just blows your mind, like what's going on here. Then you have things related to the doctors. So um, I don't have one of them listed on here, but AB2098, and there's another one. It would actually allow, get this, you guys, it would allow the medical board to go into doctor's office offices without any warrant, nothing, and seize the medical records. Okay? So, and... 2098, they want to discipline doctors for sharing COVID misinformation. Well, who defines COVID misinformation? Your misinformation just six months ago, or even three months ago, thank you very much, is now what's happening today is truth coming out from the CDC. So whatever is considered misinformation, who judges that? The California Department of Public Health? We, I, I don't even know. And if they don't deem it misinformation, or they do deem it misinformation, but it's actually true, then what? The doctors can lose their medical license, okay? So we are talking about a whole entire set of bills that we have never seen before in the state. This state. So let me tell you the good news. This is the bad news, right? Everybody, Massimo, do you have any wine? <laughs> like, like Wine and chocolate really go hand in hand for these types of speeches and conversations. So Go to the next slide. So let's talk about that's the bad news, essentially. But you need to know, right? If you don't know what's going on, you don't know how to fight it. How do you know when we put a call to action out there and say, we need you to show up right now. We need you to write this letter. How will you even know if you don't know what's happening? Okay. So we have to be educated about that and then have confidence that we can win this. And I do have confidence we can win this. Those bills that you just saw up there, I can tell you that at least three of them are going to be litigated against, which means we're going to sue them if they pass. Okay. I already know the organizations that are going to do that. So we're setting it up right now so that we can file lawsuits strategically if the bills pass. So don't worry. We are on course, but I want to tell you something super important for you to do to be involved and actually take action on these bills like right now. So right now, the, the first bill, 871, is about to go into the health committee, okay? It has a whole path that it takes before it becomes law. Are you guys still with me? Yeah. Okay. I can't see any of you, so no, I'm just So you can see me? Okay, great. Fabulous. So it goes from the health committee to the education committee, and then it will go to maybe the judiciary committee, depending on the bill, and that's just in the Senate, and then from there, it'll go to the assembly and it'll go through appropriations, health committee, education committee. So there's a lot of places that we can stop this bill. But where we're at right now and what I need from you is I need every single person in this room to submit a letter of opposition officially through the legislative portal. Okay, so I have instructions online on how to do that. If you go to perk-group.com under legislation, we have exactly, you know, step-by-step -step how to do it. But let me tell you why this is so important. When you submit an official letter through the legislative portal of opposition, you have to state your opposition, keep it less than two pages because I don't know how to read. And then <laughs> that's a, that was a joke, just 
well, if they went to public school system, then I don't know. But so you have to keep it to less than two pages. If you're in an organization, you put your official logo on there and make it official header and all of that. And you do that so that every opposition letter gets on the official legislative record. We need that in order for us to even contend with them after if these bills pass. We need that. We need your letters. But I will tell you, please, please, I beg you, please, please don't tell them that they're going to have blood on their hands or that they are going to be hung or die or burn in hell for these bills. <laughs> even though those things might all be true. No. Even though you feel that, you can't say that to a legislative, you can't say that they won't listen to you. What I need you to do is tell them why their bill is bad, why the points in the bill will hurt children. Talk about the science and the facts and give them actual sources for that. Don't do all the other stuff of your emotions. Keep your emotions out of it. Trust me. We are all on the same page here. We are like lionesses and, you know, the dads in here and all of us are warriors to fight for the children and protect everybody. But the way you do it has to be effective, efficient, and targeted right now. Okay? So can you please raise your hand and commit to me that you will all submit a letter through the legislative portal? Yes. Thank you. That's what I need from you. <laughs> okay, I think I'm actually probably out of time. <laughs> so um, will you just go to the last slide? I want to show you what's happening across the world. This is what it looks like to have a revolution of people hitting the streets, warring, warrioring, protecting their children and protecting their rights. So please, please, please stand with us, stand with PERC, stand with all of us fighting and help us defeat this. Thank you. We're just a little bit over, over time, but I'm gonna say two questions, okay? But it's up to you guys. Okay. Um, are computer literate to do what you'd like us all to do? Do you have a template on there that uh, can give us the, and we're working, we, we have, it's it's difficult to just sit down and do this. If you have a template that's on that site, uh -huh. can you give that out here in yes. the physical world? Yes, so I've got two things for you. Number one, we have a template of what we submitted for our opposition letter, okay? So it'll give you talking points, ideas that you could put in your own words. So I have a few copies of that here, but we'll post it online. Yes, I've got seven copies for this first seven people. Okay, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and then also uh, online, right on our website, we actually have step-by-step -step instruction, literally step one through 10 on exactly how to submit it to the legislative portal. And if that doesn't work for you, if you just give them all to me and my team, we will submit them for you too. We submitted 100 plus superintendent letters of opposition through the portal for them so that it got on the legislative record. So that's how I can help you. Okay, so we'll have a Dropbox, I guess. Okay. Hi, yes. I just Hi. have a quick question. Does it help to uh, email each person or each, uh, like for example, each Senator that is on the actual health committee for, the, for like SB 7871 and email them personally through their legislator? Does it help or? Good question. So I would say there's a kind of a, here's the thing, where we're at in the process right now is it all depends on what I want to do based on where we're at, okay? 
Right now, the only committees looking at the bills are Health Committee in the Senate and Education Committee in the Senate and then possibly Appropriations Committee. So you want to be very targeted right now to focus on the Health Committee. The Education Committee is coming soon. Okay, so those are your two right now. So instead of sending an email to all of them, submit it through the legislative portal and the entire committee will get it. Okay, so that's what I would say for right now. But there will come a time where we're like, everybody blast your, you know, all of your legislators get, and that will come. It's just right now, strategically, we're at the health committee, then we'll be at the education committee. And focus your talking points. Tell me, honestly, if, are you going to have your, you know, focus your health, uh, the health talking points for the health committee and the education talking points for the education committee, right? Like focus on the things for that particular mindset and paradigm. You don't, you don't understand what I'm saying? So that will help a lot. Yes. Okay. All right. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy, so much. So uh, next we have Leandra Blades. Uh, Leandra is a current uh, uh, school board member from uh, Placentia Lorba, Yorba Linda, if I can say that, <laughs> down in Orange County. Uh, and she's just going to join us and talk about what's going on down there. Well, thank you all for having me tonight. I was um, very excited when Andy asked me to talk. It was quite a drive down here, but well worth it. Um, based on the crowd and the level of enthusiasm in here. I am a retired police officer. I was injured on the job. And so at 32 years old, I was home with three little kids. Um, my husband's a firefighter, so he was working a lot, but it also gave me a, a lot of extra time to coach my kids sports, to be home with them and to kind of get involved in their schooling. Probably I would say about five years ago, I started to notice a little bit of shift in the schools. And you kind of say, what the heck is going on here? Um, Things like the kids coming home and saying, this teacher's a communist. And you're kind of in the back, what? What do you mean they're a communist? And then they say what they actually said. You go, you are right. They are a communist. <laughs> um, so it wasn't until um, probably the election of 2016, as my kids got older, um, I have a 19-year-old, a 16-year-old, a 14-year-old. So I was able to get a little bit more involved in politics, do a lot of watching. I did ran some social media campaigns um, for some like anti-recall for city council, ran a school board campaign um, for a family member. And I just kind of started getting heavily involved and, and kind of keeping watch and was just around politics. My goal was never to be on a school board, I will tell you that much. It was city council maybe 2024 when my last kid, you know, was gonna be junior or senior in high school. But um, as I was sitting out at my Gavin Newsom recall table, um, <laughs> I started to get <laughs> I started to realize I was getting quite a group of stalkers and meaning that they were searching for a school board candidate, somebody who is going to be conservative and who would stand up for people's rights. Um, so basically, the long story short is when I was starting my Gavin Newsom recall, I was named the Yorba Linda chair. So I would go onto the local social media and I'd say, hey, we're going to be here this day. And then boom, I was blocked. And I'm like, what? I'm just setting up a table. Like, I'm going to be in front of this grocery store. I'm going to be at this corner. Just come. If I'm going to take time away from my family, I want to do it well. I want to get as many signatures. But of course, you know, that was, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't be doing that. So 
I got blocked from another one. And like, these were like 30 day violations. Like they were blocking me for 30 days. And then, so I go into people's comments. Sometimes I try to put where my table is going to be. So then I got blocked for 60 days. So I said, you know what? Anybody can make a social media page. Like, why not? So I started a group called Your Belinda Uncensored and it just kind of grew and grew and grew from there. And so what started off as the Gavin Newsom like recall hub ended up being a lot of people in your Belinda placenta in the surrounding areas that were kind of jumping on and, you know, just voicing their opinion. So then from there, we were like, I kind of started thinking after George Floyd, me being a retired police officer and all of the police officers getting heavily attacked, I said, you know what? We could do a back the blue rally and we can have a Newsom recall table and we can just kill two birds with one stone. So this is what attracted my stalkers. So, and I'll go into that because I still call people my stalker. So I'm out there, you know, we're waving our flags back the blue. Uh, we're signing up people for the recall and then somebody approaches me, a tall blonde woman. She said, hey, have you ever thought about running for school board? And I said, no. <laughs> and she says, well, I think you should think about it. So then came in like heavy, heavy artillery because then this woman came in, got me for two hours and was just spewing facts at me, like things I couldn't ignore. That, you know, ethnic studies is actually critical race theory. That, you know, the uh, sexual curriculum that comes in is just very, very toxic to the kids and they're starting it at such a young age. And so they're just hitting me with all this stuff. And, you know, in the back of my mind, I knew it. I've been a room mom. I've been out there. I've heard it from my kids. But, like, do you believe it? So um, sitting out at a car rally, car show on Wednesday nights, they're kind of fun. Um, I have my, it's about 100 degrees outside. I got my Trump 2020 shirt on. Um, and I'm signing up my recall. And then here comes that tall blonde woman. <laughs> and she says, so have you thought about my, my, my question? And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And so I decided right then and there I was going to do it. So it, it took, um, you know, I feel like this. I feel like if God calls you into something, like he calls you and you should just heed the call. Like after that, I never like looked back. It was never really been a thought. It was kind of just running a school board campaign. I was like, oh my gosh, this is a lot of work. Um, but you know what? This was a, like a lot of work into a actually like probably one of the most, the hardest things and um, what ended up being such a volatile place. But to stand up for kids is the best thing that you can ever do, especially when they're your kids. But then especially when you get a community behind you who just was waiting for the voice. All they were doing is waiting for somebody to step up and to say it. So my campaign, I was um, asked to talk a little bit about what I campaigned. We started off, I got a campaign manager, but since I'd done a little bit of politics in the past, I kind of knew what I was doing. And I knew that I would have to get the message out. I mean, obviously I watched 45 an awful lot in his mean tweets. So I said, you know what? I'm gonna have to do some mean tweeting of my own to get the message out. So I started talking every single day. I said, this is what the California Teachers Association and their chapters are doing. And this is what I'm gonna do. And I would just post it. These are the union endorsed candidates. And this is what I am. I'm not taking interviews with the union because I don't work for the union. 
I'm not getting paid to come out here and campaign. I work for you. I work for the parents. I work for the students. I work for the teachers. I do not work for Sacramento and I do not work for the teachers union. And that was a huge, huge message. And every day I would go out and I'd knock doors and I'd talk to people and I would tell them what they're bringing in. People didn't know that they were trying to bring in Black Lives Matter curriculum. People didn't know that they were trying to bring in critical race theory under the guise of ethnic studies. They had no clue about any of this. And so I would talk literally from Labor Day on up until Election Day. Literally was an everyday thing, hours on end, I mean more hours on the weekend meet and greets. It was insanity. I even like would have to bring, you know, the dog out sometimes, you know, just to get it for a walk. Brought my husband out a few times. And towards the end, when you're just frantic going, did I do enough work to win this thing? I'd send the kids out on skateboards, just drop them. <laughs> I thought about a helicopter. I said, maybe I should just get a helicopter and just drop ever flyers everywhere. Um, but I think it appealed, and I think if anybody is planning on running for school board, community is such a huge thing, and you need to reach out to your community. So I won the election, and our five, our five zero liberal scored flipped to three two conservative. which was amazing in itself because my question this whole time was, oh my gosh, if I, like only one of us win, like I'm gonna be sitting on there like four to one and I'm gonna lose my mind and be throwing stuff. I mean, like, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna lose my mind. So I am kind of losing my mind sometimes because one of us wasn't as conservative as we said we were, but <laughs> November's coming. November is coming. Um, so basically we get in and you realize that this is more of a cesspool than you would ever have thought possible. So right now, um, as Andy mentioned, we do have a ban on CRT coming. Um, and so we have our finalized meeting to finalize all the, you know, the wording, the paperwork, and then our vote is in April. Um, we have introduced live stream because one of the things I ran on was transparency. People at home do not know what's going on in these school board meetings. We're getting two, 300 parents at every single school board meeting now yeah. because they're so upset about what's going on. And I'll tell you that this live stream has been like an amazing, amazing tool so everybody can watch. People did not want this live stream. And I said, oh yeah, let's do it. And so people at home are watching and they're going, what in the heck is going on? I mean, these emails. I had no clue this was happening in our schools. So if anybody here is on a school board, if anybody here is thinking about running for a school board, one of the main things you need to do is in, have a live stream for all of your school board meetings so people can tune in because there's people who work at home. There's people that's late at night. They have little kids, but they want to be involved. And you know what, too? And don't be afraid if you are on a school board. I have been pulling votes because I'm making people accountable for their votes. There was like so much hiding because school board is nonpartisan. It is not nonpartisan. Don't let anybody tell you any different. This is the last, like, this is the most partisan place I've ever been involved in. This is like Sacramento, like on steroids. It's crazy. So I would say bring it all out. We have parent groups. Like, I think we have several parent groups, but one of our parent groups is like 200 strong. There's another parent group that's probably 150 strong. And then there's another one that's kind of like combined all together, just in Placentia and your Belinda. And you know what? I give my phone number to every single one of them. 
I give my email, I give access to every single one. Like every day I'm coffee, lunch, drinks. Hey, I like, I like alcohol. We meet at night when the kids are all in bed. You know, you get a lot accomplished over some wine. But you know, you gotta listen. I meet with teachers, I meet with students, I meet with parents, I meet with everybody and I listen. And that's what I think has been lacking on our school boards is that we ha nobody's been listening to the parents. They've only been for the unions. And that's where it all has to change because the union, the California Teachers Association, I encourage everybody in this room to get on this website and to look at their anti-police rhetoric, at their communist propaganda that they push in. I had somebody look at it the other night and he told me, I could not call you for two days because I was so upset at what they're pushing in. This is communism. This is critical race theory. This is Black Lives Matter. So he said he had to wait two days, but thank the Lord that he was able to print up copies of stuff from the CTA website and he administered it to all the soccer team. And so he told parents, this is what's coming in. This is what's coming into these schools. You need to be aware. So my goal right now is to take back our school district, but my goal is also to help empower everybody to take back their school district. Every school district in California can be taken back if the parents take a stand. There are teachers who are afraid, but they are now standing up. I get calls from teachers all the time who tell me things that are going on. I get calls from students. I, I'm sitting at my kid's you know, baseball game or their swim meet, and I get people who come up, are you such and such's mom? Yes. This is what happened in my class. And it's like, okay, take down the name, and you know, you handle it. But as, as we become more bold and we take a stand, people will stand behind you. Like my motto on the back of my Jeep, it says lions, not sheep. I'm not kidding. Like I've seen, I'm watching this thread, this text thread that we have with a group of parents. That's what's been coming through this whole night. People are in lions, not sheep. We're raising lions. We're not raising sheep. And so I feel like that has just become the motto in our district. And I feel like we can, we can do this. We can do this in California. It takes a lot of work. You'll need to knock doors. You need to get organized. And if anybody has any questions, I can help everybody get organized. Look at your maps. Look at who, like you can look at your city map and you look at your districts and who's running in what district. I'm sure you have 10 friends in these districts and you call them up and say, hey, you're gonna do a meet and greet for this candidate because we're gonna take this school back. And then you know what, you go to those places and you speak in like you know an intimate setting, it can have 20, 30 people, and you talk and you tell them what's going on in the schools and how you're gonna change it. And you bring your yard signs and you bring your flyers, bring a lot of flyers because then they'll start passing them out. And they'll put their yard sign in their, in their yard and then their neighbor will come home and say, oh, you, you align with my values. Why are you voting for this person? And then they say, well, this is, I met this person and they told me this. And so then that next yard sign goes in that yard. And that's kind of how my opponents knew I was gaining so much popularity. They didn't know I was walking, I was trying to hide it. You know, I'd like see their car go by and hide behind a tree. Um, but we were walking so consistently and they were lining the boulevards with their signs. Their signs were everywhere. And I would put, you know, a few signs on the corners and stuff. But I hit the yards. I hit those doors and I hit the yards and I said, we're going to make a change and you guys are going to help me do it. And so after I was elected to, I still, to this day, they are, I'm with them and they're with me. I didn't go into the district and start, oh, you think this? Well, no, no, no. You know, this is where we change. This is where we disentangle from the union and we change and we start acting 
like we work for the parents and the students. <laughs> and so I get a little fired up and I really talk a lot, ask my husband, so you'll have to tell me when my time's running out. But so right now I said we have the ban on CRT, we have our live stream, but also too, look inside your schools at the curriculum that's being pushed. So we'll have training for teachers, and I looked at the training. Not one training over the summertime or during the school year has anything to do, nothing. Nothing to do with the curriculum that's being taught to kids. It's social justice, it's this, it's that, it's, it's nonsense. It's nothing that's gonna better the kids. So take a look at that stuff and be aware. And write your school board, call your school board members, do whatever you can, because you know what, that's a certain way you take it back. When you start giving the teachers curriculum and telling them what to teach again, and you take all of this nonsense out, that's where like change occurs. And these teachers don't want it. They don't want, well, some of them do, but some teachers want to teach their kids and they want the latest and the newest techniques and they want the latest and newest curriculum, hopefully, you know, just traditional curriculum, and they want to be able to teach. So that's the things that you need to start watching. Watch and see how much money is going into social justice areas and to other things, like what's not going into the students. Reroute the money into the students, and that's what my goal has been on the school board. Like we have one football, we have one school, one of our high schools is amazing in football. In fact, they've wanted lights for 25 years, and they've said, no, we're not giving you lights for your football field. So I think he knew I was the daughter of a football coach, a wrestling coach, and an athlete myself. So I think he, he kind of caught on to that. So I get a call, hey, we've been trying to get lights for a long time. Well, why don't you have lights? Let's do it. And then when he beat up on my son's football team, I called him and said, you don't need no stinking lights. Um, <laughs> but things like that, like we have to get back to the kids. And I feel like our school districts are so, we're so into the social justice and all this nonsense that's coming in from Sacramento. We have left these kids behind. So tonight, I hope if you think about running, like, it's a fight. It's a fight, and you know what? And they're going to call you every name in the book, and you're going to hate mail, and it's great. And just say, I love it. Because if, you're, if they're hating on you, you are over that target. And I will say, don't talk yet. I will say, there is no better line to hold than to hold the line for the children. That is why we are all here, and I'm not kidding. There is no better satisfaction than to stand up for children because us as parents, that is what God put us on this earth to do, and we should all be utilizing our tools. If it's not running for school board, you go campaign for school board. You do research for every agenda item that comes out, and you find the grossness that's in that curriculum, and you report it to your school board. There's so much that we can all do to help, to help in these schools. And I just encourage everyone here to do it. Stay here. Is there questions? Or am I out of time? Uh, I'm so out of time. You're a little bit out of time, but <laughs> they can ask you questions when you're wandering around the room. Okay. Um, but uh, a couple things I just want to respond to what you said about live streaming. I was doing the live streaming in the Placentia Yorba School District before they did live streaming inside the room. Yes. And I got to tell you, that was it was so satisfying because I would see parents in the community say, hey, you're the guy that does the live streaming. Yeah. I had teachers approach me and say, you're the guy that does the live streaming. And they were so appreciative because they were, we had no idea. Yeah, We had no idea. I can't get there because of work. I can't get there because of yeah. soccer. Yeah. And so when uh, your school district refuses to do the live streaming, you do the live streaming and you broadcast it out yes. to your community. So that's been great. 
Um, and do whatever you can to just make their blood boil. Just do it. <laughs> if they're upset with you, you're doing it the right way. And it is way worse. It is way worse than I thought it was. I used to say, you know what, the censure balloon in the school district is actually pretty good. And I go, oh, no, no, it's not. I, I thought it was. Yeah. All right. Oh, this is yours. All right. So we have a, an, a new award with the California Paranalites. And I'm going to kind of get this box open so we can do this right away. I, as I came in as president, I wanted to make sure and acknowledge those people in the community that are going above and beyond. And so this is going to be an ongoing uh, award that if you know of anybody, if, sorry, know of anybody that uh, is, a, is deserving of an award who's going above and beyond, uh, putting their life on the line almost, it seemed like <laughs> at times that you, that you were being threatened. Yes. Um, she was also, should I, can I say that you were some in Washington, D.C.? I'm an insurrectionist. She was in, in January 6th. She was not in the Capitol building. She was in the hotel. I was. Um, but uh, that got brought out as if she had uh, had handcuffed Nancy Pelosi is pretty much what they were saying <laughs> on Instagram. I will say that when we didn't know anybody was in the Capitol because we, you know, we were outside, we saw the Trump rally. So my husband <laughs> texted me and he said, are you OK? And I said, well, yeah, why? And he says, well, someone's been shot. People are inside the Capitol. I go, there's nobody inside the Capitol. What are you talking about? He goes, there's somebody taking selfies on Pelosi's desk and I figured it would be you. <laughs> No, 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 I'm way outside, way far away. We're actually, like, buying some merchandise. Don't worry about me. <laughs> so I, I've seen Leandra from the very beginning. I interviewed her on my live show that I do early on at a, at a Trump rally. Yes. And uh, that's when we first met. I knew that she was uh, the person that could go in there and fight. Um, and you can tell by we have the same police officer sense of humor. Yeah. So don't take everything she says so serious. Yeah. Some people go, I can't believe she said that. Um, you won't believe what she said on my first interview. Oh it was actually gosh. pretty good, but we're oh not going to repeat it. Um, all right. But in this case, um, the Golden Bear Award is what we're calling this. This is the Golden Bear Award. It is an award that is presented to community members who go above and beyond to protect our children in the California educational system. As you know, there are several harmful issues that have come to light uh, over the last couple of years. These issues are related to mandates, socialist indoctrination, morality issues and the reduction of education standards, just to name a few. The Golden Bear Award is presented to Leandra tonight for her dedication to the parents and children in the Placentia Yerba Linda School District and the state of California. Your dedication to, protect, uh, to protecting our children from the evils of indoctrination and the misrepresentation of what is right and wrong uh, has not wavered despite being attacked by those who want to do our children harm. They have created social media pages in an, in an effort to attack you. Uh, they have, of course, called you racist and homophobic and threatened your well-being. All very true. I've all been witness to all of it. And yet, in spite of all their efforts, you continue to show up at every school board meeting and rally to support your constituents. The parents of the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District. As president of the California Parent Alliance, it is my honor to present Leander Blades with the Golden Bear Award. Thank you. And I want you to know my wife, Hedia, created this too. I, I do literally nothing. 
But uh, Leandra, thank you so much for everything you're doing. Um, it's made a world of difference having you on our school board. Um, and Sean, young yes, boy, your yes. partner. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like you said, we have a rhino, which is, she's actually more than a rhino. She actually convinced us that she was going to do the right thing, but uh, we'll, we'll get her out of there. But Leandra, you've been amazing. You've stood up, <laughs> stood up you. for all of us. So thank, thank you very you. much. Thank you so much. So sorry about the Q&A, but you can... Oh. Thank you. Steve, do you want to? I love to talk, especially about this stuff. Okay, so what we were doing before is we would have parents that would come in and they would go Facebook Live and it was very, very easy. But what we did was we actually, we did a, we hired a company and so they attached the equipment in our boardroom. And so every single time that we have a board meeting, it goes on and it tracks the speakers, it tracks the board, and it films the whole thing. And you go to the website of our school district, you just click on it and it'll say go to live stream so you can view any meeting that we have in our boardroom. Is there another way if, if we're not hiring someone, like Facebook has, has destroyed my account twice? Right. So I don't have Facebook. Right. I'm going to recommend that you talk with Jay. Yeah, it's, I mean, I'm told, I'm told it's very easy and a lot of people do it like when Andy couldn't show up, there'd be a couple other parents and a few would go in there, different angles and like they get the crowd, the anger and, you know, everything that was going on. Um, And so then they would just kind of, if somebody's battery was dying, somebody else would pick it up. And yeah, so there's a few of them going on. And so it was, it was a good deal. Okay. One, One more. And I, I appreciate that you're encouraging for somebody to run for school board because I've been interested in doing it myself. Mm-hmm. I actually came all the way from like uh, Menifee Marietta area. Yes. And I'm with the Paris Eden High School District. And I recently got word that the superintendent is all for the vaccine mandates and mask mandates. And I've been dealing with that with my daughter. And um, would you be willing or how could I go about getting coached? Because I'm very interested in getting on the board. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just come find me after we'll exchange numbers. And um, I, you know, I'm willing to meet people, you know, we can meet in a group and we can kind of go over all the strategies, but um, yeah. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Thank you. So. All right. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. I I love that last question because that's really what California Parent Alliance is is all about is we really just want to get people together and get those best practices across the state, really. Um, so uh, next we have uh, Alex Mayer. Alex is the uh, co-founder and president of uh, uh, Children's Health Defense California, uh, here to talk about vaccines. I actually got a standing ovation on Thursday or Friday at the Clay Clark conference. And because it was like this, I didn't even know. People are like, Alex, you got a standing ovation. I'm like, I did? <laughs> I couldn't see at all. So I'm going to talk to you. Well, first of all, let me thank the Novo Cafe for having this event. Thank you so much. It's so important to have spaces like this. And props to Amy Bond and Leander for their great speeches. 
I also want to introduce a couple people from the Children's Health Defense California chapter who are here, who you might want to know. We have Tracy, who is over there, I think, in the dark. If you'd like to... If you'd like to join us, we have a robust volunteer program. We only have five fully paid employees at Children's Health Defense California. We have 150 fully vetted volunteers. And Tracy is our volunteer onboarding person. So if you have any questions or you want to get more involved, please go to her, give, us, give her your name, your email, and we'll be in touch. And we can hopefully onboard you as a volunteer. We're also looking for ambassadors to help Children's Health Defense in various counties and that you go to school board meetings, you talk to legislators and things like that. So if that sounds like you, based on what Leandra and Amy were talking about, please also talk to Tracy about that. We also have the lovely Jill Hawkins somewhere here. She picked me up at the airport today. I flew in from San Francisco and she got me food from Cafe Gratitude and then I get to have dinner here tonight. So I'm really excited. And who else? Is there anybody else here who volunteers with Children's Health Defense? Can you stand up if you're here? Not that I can see you. Can you stand up? What's your name? Joshua Lane. Joshua Lane. Hi, Joshua. Oh, you've interviewed me. Nice to meet you. <laughs> Only on the radio. So even though I can't see him because of the lights, it was a radio interview. <laughs> okay, so how many people here are parents? Okay, keep your hands up. Any grandparents? Okay, anybody's both? <laughs> All grandparents are both. Um, so how many people have children in college? Great, okay. I'm gonna be talking about suing a college in California and I'm happy to announce this is probably the first lawsuit in California that's seeking damages for injuring college students. So that should scare them a whole lot. I'm not happy, it's kind of the winner's curse if you're a plaintiff in this case, it's the winner's curse because your fact pattern is really quite bad, but it's really good for our case. It's a really good way to um, scare the university. We're actually gonna be suing, we actually just sued Santa Clara University. So yeah, and you're not gonna believe what I'm gonna tell you about this. Um, first, I just want you to know, um, I'm the co-founder, one of the co-founders of the California chapter of Children's Health Defense, and that's Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s organization. And <laughs> thank you. A lot of people don't know the organization, think that we're anti-vaccine. I'm personally anti-vaccine because, and I'm happy to admit that, I'm proud of it. I, I was vaccine injured and disabled in the 1990s when I was running a worldwide group for Apple Computer. I was physically disabled and I literally couldn't read anymore after I was vaccine injured. It took 20 years to claw myself back from that. So I'm personally anti-vaccine for myself, but I and Children's Health Defense, we believe in vaccine choice for everyone else. So I just want to make sure everybody knows that. So... Let's see. All right, so everybody knows our kids have really been abused for the past two years. No one had a normal graduation. No one had prom and sports were canceled and kids were forced to learn on Zoom while parents had to quit their jobs to police them on Zoom, right? And some people lost their jobs because they were deemed non-essential. Remember those times you're essential, you're non-essential? How could we forget? I have twins in college and they're both 19. They're about to turn 20 in April. And my daughter goes to college in, um, in New York, in upstate New York. And their COVID policies there are so strict, just like most colleges, that of course you can't socialize. And we're humans, we're, we're built to be social. We're not like falcons or owls. I was just actually falconing with Bobby Kennedy over the weekend, it was amazing. But those are solitary creatures. They don't even remember the person who feeds them. You're just the person who feeds them. They don't care about you. It's not like those videos where that lion finds the handler.
from a long time ago and like jumps on that person and gives them a big hug. Those uh, birds of prey are not like that. But humans, we're totally social, right? That's what we're all about. We're social creatures. And our students are so surveilled, they're not allowed to socialize. So at my daughter's college, they all got together to socialize in a dorm room last year and they heard campus police were coming. They were on a second floor of a, door, of a dorm. Two of them jumped out the window rather than being caught by campus police. They broke their ankles. And I just have to say, there is something seriously wrong with college policies when students are willing to risk their life rather than get caught by campus police for socializing. That is so wrong. It is so wrong. So, but Children's Health Defense California chapter, we're bringing new hope and also the national organization, we've sued Rutgers and some other universities, but in California, we just sued Santa Clara University, as I said. We're fighting back. And I'm gonna show you how you can too. We have the best complaint. Our complaint was 53 pages and it has 18 causes of action. That means they broke 18 laws in our estimation. And we have two plaintiffs. One's my son who's standing up for his friend. And the other one is this girl named Harlow, who I'm going to tell you about in a little bit. And as I said, I, we think this is the first case in California to bring against a, a college that is seeking damages. And that should make these colleges get really scared. And I'm going to tell you all about this suit. And we've got this great template. You guys can file it too at any college or school you want in California. It's a fantastic template. So my son Jackson is a sophomore at Santa Clara University and he told me about his friend Harlow who ended up being our main plaintiff at Santa Clara University. She submitted a religious exemption because she didn't want a vaccine at the school because it's required to get two shots and then they just required a booster like most schools around here, right? She submitted a religious exemption. Guess what Santa Clara University told her? No, we give religious exemptions to faculty and staff but not to students. We're talking about a Jesuit university. This is a religious school. No religious exemptions for students. So she wanted to stay in school. She just transferred to that university. She thought, she thought it'd be more conservative and she'd have more rights around medical issues, but no. So she went ahead and got a first shot. She got a Pfizer shot. And shortly thereafter, Harlow, this neuroscience major, such a lovely girl, she's so pretty, so poised, she ends up in the, in the emergency room. She's numb from the waist down. She's peeing blood. She's throwing up. She's passing out. She loses half of her hair in the ensuing weeks, and she feels sick for months. So she gets a medical exemption. She turns that into the school. Guess what the school does with that? Yeah, they give it to their communications director, who knows so much about medicine and who's obviously not examined our patient, and the communications director says, no, we can't honor your medical exemption. You want to know why? They wouldn't honor her medical exemption because she was only in the emergency room. She didn't have to stay overnight in the hospital. So she doesn't get a medical exemption. And they want her to get one more shot to finish the primary series and get a booster. And that all has to happen by this Thursday at midnight. So she gets a second medical exemption from another doctor. And this time the, uh, the campus doctor got involved and interfered with the doctor-patient relationship. Don't do that. It'll be a cause of action in a lawsuit from Children's Health Defense. But the second um, medical exemption, denied again, of course. So poor Harlow, um, she might be kicked out of school as of this Thursday because they are literally kicking out students on Thursday after midnight if they haven't submitted their booster shot information. They've been harassing her so many times per week. It's just awful. 
So what do we do? We filed the suit. <laughs> and then we had a press conference right on their campus. It was really fun. So all these, <laughs> all these woke kids came by. You wouldn't believe what these kids were saying. Um, we had Harlow speak, and my son joined in as a plaintiff to support his friend Harlow. He's not injured by the shots, but he really supports his friends. We actually found 12 more injured potential plaintiffs because of that press conference at Santa Clara University. These shot mandates are students. They don't care. And I'm going to tell you why they don't care in a little bit. So we had this press conference, and these woke students are walking by saying, oh, ha, 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 I have my shot. I care about public health. I hope you get long COVID. And we're like, what? And she goes, I believe in science. And we're like, that's why we're here. <laughs> it's just bizarre. So my son spoke also. He's not super conservative. He's not anti-vaccine. He wants you guys to know that. But he feels the policy is coercive and clearly unscientific, as we all know. So the consequences of this press conference for my son and Harlow are, you're not going to believe this. My son's fraternity made him march straight to the, the fraternity house under, <laughs> under the threat of him being kicked out of the fraternity for speaking at a press conference to stand up for his injured friend. And he didn't get kicked out because he had two fraternity brothers at the press conference who said, oh, hey, dudes, you know, it's not what you think. You know, Jackson's just supporting his friend. He's standing up for his friend. He's a good guy. They're like, well, all right, we won't kick you out. Harlow is injured by the vaccine. Her sorority wanted to kick her out for being medically injured. I mean, these kids are so brainwashed. It's insane. It is totally insane. And these two students, uh, Jackson and Harlow and anybody else against these mandates, they've endured the meanest comments. And there's this um, anonymous app, it's called Flock. Have you guys heard of that? But you can make comments anonymously. Um, anonymously. They call my son Brownie Boy because he likes to bake for the whole campus. He bakes for like two or 300 people twice a week in his little dorm room, and then he rolls out this little cart and like sells brownies. They're 50 cents more as of a few months ago because he's using organic butter and he browns the butter, which is high risk. <laughs> and they call um, Harlow, they call her booster girl. It's so mean. So here's what they're saying. Here's one comment. Is there really a pinhead suing the school over booster shots? Next one. Like how white and privileged do you have to be to think that'll do anything, LOL. Sorority girls be eating an almond and a grape for dinner, then sue the school because they made them get the booster. Girl, it's not SCU's fault. You have a weak immune system. Next one. I don't know why her sorority would want a sister who doesn't support public health. That's just natural selection at this point. Get a medical exemption. Did they read the articles? <laughs> Last one. L-M-A-O-O. -O. I don't know what the second O stands for to you. <laughs> To the bozo suing the school over boosters, I can't wait for your case to get thrown out immediately. I don't think that's happening. So Harlow's not the only one who's been injured by the COVID shots at Santa Clara University. We did find 12 more students who are being considered to be plaintiffs there now, which is great because that school is going to be really scared if we have a lot of plaintiffs. And these students, I mean, I'm vaccine injured. I'm telling you, it is a lifelong problem. I have a managed recovery of maybe 80 to 90%. If I stop managing the recovery, I don't have a recovery. I live in pain every day. I can only eat, I don't know, I, I can barely eat any foods. I can't eat any grains. I can't eat any dairy. I can't eat eggs. That's all because of vaccine injury. Vaccines cause allergies, food allergies, asthma, autoimmune disease. Those are lifelong conditions. And these students are being forced into potentially lifelong conditions because of these booster mandates. All for a, 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 an illness that's 99.99% survivable for that age group. You can't improve 
on that with a vaccine, you can only add risk. It doesn't make any sense at all. These students are gonna have medical bills for the rest of their lives. I paid $50,000 a year for more than 20 years on my recovery. Nobody has that kind of money. I barely had that money. And they'll never be able to safely take another vaccine for the rest of their lives if this policy injures them. It's over. And the, everybody here knows these shots are causing myocarditis, heart and other heart problems in children and teens. There've been more than 400 athletes who've collapsed on the field and died on the field in some cases. This is all documented. There are menstrual issues that adults and, and young people are having. And the Department of Defense data that was found by Attorney Thomas Rents, do you guys know him? Yeah. Amazing. He found this data from the Department of Defense, a thousand percent increase in neurological disorders, a 300 increase in cancer rates, a 300% increase in miscarriages. This is real. Vaccine injury is very real and these schools don't care. And we have VAERS. Everybody knows about the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. 1.1 million injuries reported now. And the underreporting rate, the URF, is between 40 and 100. So what if you multiply 1.1 million by 100? You get 300 million, sorry, 100 million, sorry. I can't do math still because of my vaccine injury. I told you I was brain damaged. <laughs> but seriously, 100 million people, that's almost a third of the United States who's been injured by COVID shots. This is real. And the COVID shots don't prevent cases or transmission. And there, so there's no case to quote unquote, keep the community safe. It's actually illegal to say that the COVID shots do anything because they're under emergency use authorization. You can't say they work. And let me just tell you something. Santa Clara University is definitely breaking the law. And if you break the law, there's no protections for you legally. These shots are under emergency use authorization. You have to have fully informed consent and be given the choice to accept or refuse the product. And I've said this a lot before, but mass violation of the law does not make something legal. If we all drove 100 miles an hour on Highway 101, what would the sign say? What would the speed limit be? 65. It doesn't matter how many people drive 100. It's going to stay 65. It doesn't matter how many schools and institutions and employers break the law illegally mandating EUA shots. It's still illegal and you can sue. And I want you to know that this fake approval, there's this three-part chimera to make us feel like these shots are actually approved, but they're not. It's a three-part chimera. First, they still have emergency use authorization, and that gives the manufacturers liability protection. You can't sue them. You can't sue the person who gave these, the shot to you. You can't sue the institution where you got it because they're all under EUA. But then they did this quasi-approval and they're approved only to be manufactured and distributed, but not to be injected in anybody's arm. If you look at something called the BLA, the Biologic Licensing Application, in the, buried in the pediatric section, this product is ready for approval. That's literally the language, ready for approval in ages 16 and up. It's not approved to be injected in, into anyone. And so third, Comirnaty and Spikevax, which have this quasi-approval, they're not even on the market. So that leaves three emergency use authorization products on the market and they are illegal to mandate. So it makes it easy to sue bad actors. <laughs> so, all right, who wants to know why Santa Clara is violating the law? I do. <laughs> all right, $12 million, the CARES Act. We should call that the I Don't Cares Act right? $12 million that school got from the CARES Act to force these shots on the kids. And we heard a rumor, get this, the NIH grant funding that they get for research there, that may also be dependent on vaccination rates at the school. 
Is that sick? Totally sick. If that's true, that's a rumor right now, but we're going to find out the answer to that one. So as far as we know, again, this is the first college in California where uh, a lawsuit is seeking damages. And whatever CARES Act those people got at Santa Clara University, they're going to be dwarfed by the payouts they're going to have to pay to our plaintiffs. They better be scared right now. <sighs> okay. So the other thing Santa Clara did, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. So after the students paid the room and board, after they paid the tuition, that's when they announced their booster mandate. Isn't that nice? So that's called breach of contract because these students had already signed a contract to go to school. They paid $75,000 a year to go to the school. That's breach of contract. We have 18 causes of action. That's one of our causes of action. Some of the other ones include arbitrary denial of medical exemptions, interference with the doctor-patient relationship, granting of religious exemptions to faculty and staff and not students, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. And I'll tell you who else is emotionally distressed. I am. We have three generations of vaccine injury in my family. Um, my son's um, twin, Maddie, she started to be vaccine injured when they were about one, so I had to stop vaccinating them. I didn't even know at that point that I was vaccine injured. I was vaccine injured five years before I had kids. And I vaccinated my kids fully for the first year of their lives until I saw the injury start to happen. And I am so scared for what's going to happen to my son and these kids if they go ahead and get these boosters. And all the parents are terrorized. I'm in a group of 50 parents from Santa Clara University who are all terrorized by these mandates. And these are terrorizing all of us, as we all know. So please join us. If you want to sue your school, please um, see Tracy or Jill anyone they we've got information on our website at children's health defense california we have resources for you you can get a copy of the lawsuit on our site you can serve it to your your children's school also your young adult school let's go get them let's go get them together we can do this does anybody have any questions do i have time for questions sure okay anyone okay there's a, question, the a couple of okay. questions in the I'm back. Sorry. In the back. The status of the lawsuit, that's a good question. We just wrote a, in a week, a 150-page uh, request for an ex parte hearing, which means we want it to be heard right away. We're hoping we can hear this tomorrow or Wednesday, um, at least a day before the deadline. Yeah. We're trying to get a TRO, a temporary restraining order, until the court has time to hear the whole case. Okay, another question? I actually don't know when it ends, but I think that that's true. I think it can be extended. Yeah. In the back. Okay. I don't know who the judge is yet, and uh, we uh, we applied to state court in San in uh, San Jose. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, in Florida, it's illegal to mandate vaccines in um, schools. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say California is the most crazy. I like to call California Vaxifornia now, but we're trying to not make that happen. We're trying to make sure all those bills Amy talked about, we don't want any of those to pass because I think most of us would leave the state, right? Yeah. Anyone else? Okay, in the back. State. 
they're on our website, which is ca.childrenshealthdefense.org. And Tracy has some cards that look like this. And they have QR codes with resources on the back. And so you can use these codes to go find the lawsuit and copy it. Anyone else? I can't see. Okay. Yeah, the Pfizer documents are very helpful. Um, in the, just in the first um, two or three months of um, releasing the Pfizer vaccine on the market, there are more than 1,200 deaths that were reported to Pfizer. So those, the, those documents are really helpful. There's nine pages of single-spaced injuries from the Pfizer vaccine of, of injuries that were called into Pfizer in the first few months that the Pfizer vaccine was on the market. So those, those kind of things are really helpful to us. Where can we see those Pfizer documents? That is a good question. They're, oh, you know what? I bet if you go to the Defender, which is our national organization's site, that's our newsletter, go to the Defender and search Pfizer documents. Defender, I'm sure we have an article. Pfizer documents, got it. Yeah. Thank you so much, everybody. I so right. appreciate you. Hang on. Stay here. You guys stay here. Yeah. So, Alex, I had the pleasure of interviewing you on my show, The Andy Falco Show, the world-famous Andy Falco Show. It's a, it's a conservative TV show. I was at Epic Times, and they said, uh, uh, conservative show host, Andy Falco. He managed, I, I, I had 15 followers at the time. I can't go anywhere now. I get recognized <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> right. But uh, in interviewing you and then looking into your history prior to the interview, I know you guys have been doing a lot of work for a, a long period of time, and that is even before even all the madness that came up recently. And so uh, you were nominated by our board also to receive the Golden Bear Award. Oh my so, gosh, thank you so yes. much. So the Golden Bear Award, the Golden Bear, Bear Award is presented to Alex Mayer, co-founder of the Children's Health Defense Organization in California, who has worked tirelessly to bring attention to the dangers of vaccines and the vaccine mandates. Alex knows uh, that resisting tyranny requires each of us to become better informed about the law, our legal rights, and how to use the law to respond to the illegal policies that are quickly spreading among our schools and places of employment. Of course, along with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. and the rest of the Children's Health Defense, Alex has done extraordinary work while being attacked by the liberal media, teachers unions, and others who wish to do our children harm. As president of the California Parent Alliance, I'm happy to award you with the Golden Bear Award. Thank you so much, Andy. Wow, what an honor. The first award I've gotten for this work, <laughs> which I do all for free. I, I volunteer 60 hours a week. Yeah. Thank you, you Andy. Oh, You're my welcome. gosh. Thank you so much. Yeah. So thank you very much. And um, again, if you'd stick around and ask her a couple questions from some of the audience, that would be awesome here. This letter's for you, too. My wife said that you guys would throw that away, but I know you're going to keep that. My wife hates it when I do this to her. Um, all right, Steve, who's next? Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, how is everyone doing? Very good. All right, well, we're going to move into uh, the next phase of our presentation. We're going to introduce you to some of our local leaders. And so uh, we're going to be starting with Karen Meyer. Um, Karen is a future uh, school board candidate. Can I say it that way? <laughs> Here locally. Let's welcome Karen.
So thank you very much, everybody, for coming tonight. I'm not a politician. I'm not even really a public speaker yet, <laughs> but I'm learning. And I worked for the school district, Westlake High School, for 15 years as a receptionist, wasn't a teacher. But I did learn a lot about schools working there for 15 years. And as Joelle likes to hear me say, I know where all the bodies are buried. <laughs> so. Now, this event was publicized as Stay Fearless. So, stay fearless. That phrase implies that we've been fearless in the past. Actually, our country was founded by fearless men and women who fought and died for the liberties that we've enjoyed and the rights that have protected us for the past 245 years. They believed in free speech, freedom of choice, and an educated and informed citizenry. We have a responsibility to defend those rights now. We must stay strong and be fearless. We have to hold the line and not cave in to the current theories that our children are born either victims or oppressors, that grades are somehow unfair and should be eliminated, that parents don't deserve a say in their children's education, and that children don't even belong to their parents, but instead they belong to the government. Do any of you support those statements? No, no I didn't think so. I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of parents taking a backseat to the government when it comes to making decisions about their children's medical care, mental health, and education. The government does not own your children. Long after the politicians, the teachers, school board administrators, and school board trustees are out of your children's lives. It's you, their parents. They're gonna to have to contend with the damage done by experimental curriculum, diminished emphasis on education, physical and mental health issues, and your child's ability to succeed in life and compete in the workforce. Parents love, support, and protect their children for their entire lives, not just K through 12. Children are a gift from God, given to parents to love, cherish, and nurture. They are not pawns or statistics given to governments to further their political agendas. Government has no right to interfere with family values instilled in children by their parents. We must take our schools back, demand a return to core subjects, Denounce teachings that originated from Marxist ideals like critical race theory, diversity, equity, and inclusion, and social emotional learning. We have to insist on more transparency and more opportunities for increased parent participation. And most importantly, we need to tell the government and the Department of Education that you as parents are the only ones authorized to make decisions about your children's medical care, mental and emotional health, and what they're taught in school. <laughs> the events of the past two years have had one very important consequence. Parents are now awake. And moving forward, we need to stay fearless and demand that our voices be heard. Parents must take a more active role in all aspects of their children's education. Long gone are the days when you can drop your children off at school, 
and trust that they're going to get a well-rounded education in English, science, mathematics, and U.S. history that teaches our children to be proud that they are citizens of the greatest nation on earth, the United States of America. We all have to work together and send a clear message. We do not want CRT taught in our schools. We want an end to all mask and vaccine mandates. And we will hold the schools responsible for providing a vigorous, challenging classic education to all students, regardless of race, religion, and sexual orientation. This year, we have the opportunity to change the direction of education, but it starts with you. I chose to get involved. Now it's your turn. Attend school board meetings. Volunteer to be on the DAC committee at your child's school. Join the PTSA. And a simple thing, just simply ask your children every day, what did you learn in school today? You might be shocked at what you hear. But the future of upcoming generations depends on you. Your children and your grandchildren are worth the effort. Next, and perhaps most important of all, get out and vote in June and November. Elect new leaders who support parental rights and medical freedom. Elect new school board trustees who will put your rights and your children's health and education above political posturing. Amen. Mm -hmm. It's time to vote for we the people, not more career politicians or incumbents who support these radical new ideas. I encourage every single one of you here tonight to find grassroots people in your area that are running for positions. Volunteer to help them by making phone calls, precinct walkings, hold meet, meet and greets in your home to introduce those candidates to your friends and neighbors. And if you can't do any of those things, get out your checkbook and donate to candidates who you support. It doesn't matter how much, five, 10, $20, it all helps. They can't do this alone, they need your help. We need to be strong, we need to work together, and we need to stay fearless. Apathy is no longer an option, and ignorance is no longer an excuse. Now that we know better, we have to do better. Thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. Next up, we have Don Brody. Don is a school board candidate in Simi Valley. Let's welcome Don. Good evening. My name is Don Brode. I'm happy to share that I am running for school board in Simi Valley. And hearing everyone tonight, I'm thrilled to meet so many people here uh, with, with Andy focusing on literacy. I love literacy. I feel like if we just taught kids to read, they could learn anything they want. They don't need us anymore. Um, and Leandra, I was leaning over telling my wife we would get along really well 
Um, and my wife disagreed. Oh, yeah, if you live closer, you guys would be great friends. <coughs> On Leandra's point of curriculums, we couldn't get the, the curriculum under review in our district uh, for sex ed. A few of our parent groups tried to buy it, but the, the vendor didn't want to sell it to just a random individual. So I was able to get a copy under a corporate name, and now I just take it around and share with people all the time. Um, earlier, earlier I was showing it to just a very well-knowledged person, someone who's a seasoned protester, and she's just sick to her stomach. She can't believe what all it says. So it, it's really as bad as you imagine. Um, whatever you think's in there, it's worse. Um, as an entrepreneur and resident of Simi Valley, I've seen the real life consequences of schools experimenting with our children. I'm running because I'm tired of seeing division in the community, seeing families torn apart and children resorting to self-harm. If we can't teach people to handle differences while they're young, I don't wanna see what this place looks like in 20 years. We need to return to an academic focus in our schools Right now, there are far too many opinions and politics being taught under the guise of education. But the purpose of education is to impart knowledge by leaving critical race theory, social emotional learning, and political biases out of the classroom. We can deliver the world-class education we're already paying for. I don't want a district that teaches a generation that our differences should be emphasized. Our children depend on this time to prepare them to be good citizens. Students should be equipped for for a useful place in society, learning to overcome challenges and differences, not, not strengthen their challenges. We need victors, not victims, and excellence, not excuses. There's a concept for education that education is a triangle. There's three parts, students, educators, and parents. I think we can all agree that educators have given input into our education process. They've taken some feedback from students, but parents in the community have been left out of that process. As a trustee, I'll work to restore parental input in the education system. We're, we're watching what these people do to our children and it's causing harm. Uh, parental rights should be respected. We have a right to be informed of every aspect of the curriculum. By reintegrating parents in the classrooms, we'll be able to give input on how content is presented and retake our part in the education triangle. During Zoom school, many of us got to see and hear what was being taught against the wishes of the district. But it was only then that we saw the true extent of indoctrination occurring in the schools. It doesn't need to stay that way. There are great teachers in our districts. There are tons of them, wonderful people. They know what needs to be done. They know what needs to be taught. Much in the same way that police Great police know how to do their job. They're hampered by local policies. These teachers that we have, they're, they're wonderful people in our schools. We need to give them the freedom to do their job. We need to support the teachers because good teachers, they don't feel like they can stand up against the union and they can't. Um, you know, we as a public, as a school board trustee, as parent groups, if we can find great teachers and support them, That'll be our biggest ally in fixing education. My name is Don Brote. I'm running for school board in Simi Valley in Area D. I would like to see common sense return to the board. 
to see trustees that make decisions to represent their communities instead of special interest groups. It would be an honor to have your support for the campaign. And if in area D, your vote in November. Thank you so much, Don. All right, next we have Jason Presley. Jason is the um, chapter president for the uh, California Parent Alliance chapter in Simi Valley. Let's welcome Jason. Yes, sir. There we go. Can everybody hear me now? So I'm working with a lot of concerned parents and citizens of Simi Valley and working tirelessly with a couple of groups. Uh, California Parent Alliance is a big advocate in the schools. And I'm also working with Ventura County Republican Assembly, working with them every day to get candidates elected like Don. We're working day and night. We have another candidate in Simi Valley that we're trying to get elected. Um, California Alliance has been a great partner that is aligned with our values, with a lot of family in, in Simi Valley. We haven't had much of a voice there. We've kind of seen a lot of stuff happen throughout COVID, but nobody's standing up for them. So last year, a group of parents, we got together, there's about 30 of us now as a core group that are pulling together. And we've worked to in, inform the parents of what's happening in their schools. Many of us began to see some of our first grievances was the forcing of children with our masks. Um, while they forced the vaccine, I know a lot of us pulled our kids out of the schools, uh, trying to protect them for the time being. But there was something else going on. And some of us weren't as aware and educated what was going on. We couldn't put a finger on it. And as we looked more and more, we could see the effects, but we couldn't quite figure out what it was. And this is the destructive ideology that separates our children by both race and values. Some of you might know it by CRT, it's been named a lot, equity, a lot of different names they use. But we found it's weaved in the curriculum. Uh, morning discussions, online material, quote unquote extra information. So as we've dug through this information, we found a lot. And as we all know, I think everybody here is, knows that this nation's made major progress over the years, last 50 years with race relations. And now we're seeing it witness racism coming back, but in a different form and ideology. Now, there's some of us here in Simi that have some experience and knowledge of students that have been bullied online and suicide attempts because of their skin color. And it's come home to me. I know some of these people. So it's, it's very hard to watch it happen. And it's real. So the divide affects us all is taught to be very, very important that we watch this. I know a lot of people talk about it, but when you witness it, I think it makes a big, big difference when you see it happening for you. So we, we have moved to push to try to educate everybody in Simi Valley, and it's, it's been moving slowly. Um, but we've seen recently in, in Royal High School, Simi Valley, they allowed student-led group to pressure the teachers into hanging LGBTQ flags in every classroom. Now, I think in an all acceptance, I don't think anybody's got a problem with them doing what they want to do, but when they put it in all their classrooms and they call it acceptance week, and they present it to the teacher in a fashion that they have to accept it in front of their classroom, 
it changes the game completely. And a lot of teachers came to us explaining that they, they were afraid to say no in light of that. Um, some of the students spoke up as well, and they were afraid to say something. They were silenced. Instead of acceptance week to them, it's silence week to them. So and the school board has said we'll continue with it and do it again. They're proud of this. So uh, it has motivated a lot of parents in the recent days to learn this stuff. And just this last fall is something we're proud of. And it, I think uh, Andy spoke of it and a few other people spoke of it. Um, they went to exclusively Zoom. Um, and we said, well, what are we going to do about this? Because a lot of parents did stop showing up, stop talking, voicing their concern. So we pulled together and brought parents out together with, with the big screen TV speakers and pulled all that together so they could be together and speak to them via Zoom still. And it worked out very well, brought a lot of people together to do so. And just January of this year, a brave and courageous elementary student, Camden Hernandez, you might have heard of him. He has a medical issues and he did not want to wear a mask. Very brave. I got to meet him. Some people in here, I'm sure, got to meet him too. But he was separated in a room all by himself at times with no, no teacher even. And he was separated in, in, in not only in a room, but out in a playground at times. And these are the direct actions of we watched the superintendent try to manage that, try to enforce that, try to force the CPS even against the parent. Um, they were so, uh, without words, more words to be said about that. Uh, we have a campaign fundraiser on the website, California Parent Alliance, if you'd like to help. They do have an attorney at this time, and they're getting help, but it's going to take a lot of money, a lot of fight. Please help him. And then some of you might know a dear friend, Nicole Egg, at the California Parent Alliance, Lori Mills. Her son, she is with her son at a Simi Valley Royal High School, seems to be a theme with Royal, in their library. And when she walked through there, she was stunned, looked like a radical left, left of center um, as you see here, this is what you, you got to witness when you're walking in there. And this was all over the place. So she immediately got a hold of the superintendent, the principal, school board. She went and personally bought over $1,000 in books and tried to bring it into the library. Not until we exposed it, put them out in front of it, did they actually take action. They took them, resisted a little bit, and they went ahead and they put them in there. Now, we don't know if they're still in there, um, but soon we'll be able to get in there and see but it's the constant action. Uh, and we didn't realize Simi Valley was, and there's a lot of good teachers, we've met them, but as Don said, there's a lot of good teachers, but there's many of them who we've witnessed and got reports from, they're just the opposite of what we'd say good. So we've had some success in Simi. It's a long way to go. There's at least two candidates we got, Don and the other one hasn't announced and we're not sure yet, but he's a very good candidate if we can get him to run. And we also have quite a few other plans and positions to take, but a little too soon to talk about them at the moment, but we'll keep updated. And thank you for your time. If you got any questions. All right, well, we have our uh, last speaker this evening is Joelle Mancuso, which uh, I'm sure many of you know well. Joelle is the uh, the founder of Mama Bears, who uh, a, a group that's been uh, 
uncovering what's been going on in Kineha uh, Valley Unified. So let's welcome Joelle. I'm a mama, I'm busy, I can't be worried about those things. Um, you know, it's late and you guys have been sitting here and I kind of want to take a full circle because Amy Bond started this event and she started talking about the, um, I'm going to get it wrong. If, Amy, are you still here? Awaken. <laughs> Wine and chocolate for everybody. Is it um, Awaken? What's the event that's coming? Defeat the mandate. Defeat the mandate. Okay. De April 10th, and I really hope that you wrote that down. And I wanted to bring attention to this because um, I always write these speeches, like five of them, and then I don't read them, and that's it's terrible, but I always do this. So I'm just speaking from the heart. I'm listening to all these speakers. It really takes all of us getting engaged. We, When we go home from here, it's very easy to get back into the comfort of our rhythm because that's just a habitual thing we do as humans, and we can't do that. Everyone in this room, next time we have an event like this, have to bring five people to these events. You really have to, because I want to tell you about somebody, and we've, we've, said this, we've said this during this whole event, and that is, I can't believe what they are doing. They are really evil. Can you believe they are doing this? And I want to tell you who they are. Because a group of us, mama bears, wanted to find out who in their right mind would be doing these things to children. It doesn't make sense. Who are they? So I'm gonna tell you who they are, and you've heard a little bit about them. They are the unions, the teachers' unions, and they seem very far away. They control the purse strings. They keep the masks on your kids. They keep the mandates coming down. They are a multi-million multi dollar organization that controls everything up in Sacramento all throughout the whole state. Our state is so huge. And you need to know this. What, what are you going to do against a union that has so, so uh, deep pockets and so much money? There's more of us, just to let you know. Yeah. So no, there are them. And I know it seems really daunting but let me tell you that something's a little closer to home, and that is a Ventura County Superintendent, Cesar Morales. He is the gatekeeper, and if you're from a different county, the um, superintendent decides what gets into your schools in your county. Do you know who your superintendent is for your county, no matter where you came from tonight? You need to know who that is. They are the first gatekeeper that decides what comes in from Sacramento unions, the head of education up there, Tony Thurmond, if you know that name, and then your superintendent of schools for the county. They're the gatekeeper. They decide what comes in. After that is your school board. Your superintendent and your school board, they decide what gets in front of your students. You have to know who they are because they're in control. I have to tell you, if you are part of CVUSD, are you here? Okay, terrific. I'm just going to give you some action items because I want you to remember these as you go home because Mama Bears was created because they started messing with our kids. And you don't mess with our kids. 
You don't mess with mama bears because we will do anything to protect them, right? That's right. We will go to the mat. We're not going to leave anything out there until our kids are protected. Mama bears, they're the line in the sand. Nobody crosses. But we have to get together. You have to band together, just like the truckers did in Washington. That started with an idea, with a group of people, and then it grew. We have to do that as mama bears. So I'm going to give you some action items. If you are taking notes, please take notes. Make sure you know who is representing you in CVUSD. I have a map in the back. It's by your street. You need to know what area you are in. There are five. Area one, two, three, and four, and five. In November, two, three, and four are up for re-election. Two, three, and four are up for election. If you are in two, three, or four, you should be paying attention and get behind candidates. Karen, once she begins to run, is area three. An area four person may be sitting here tonight, but I can't out him, so I'm just gonna keep quiet about that. But don't you think he should run? And most likely, I oh, nice picture. Um, most likely, I will be running for area two. So if, so if you're in area two, I'm going to need your help. Now, back to the unions and back to all the stuff going on. There's more of us then controls the money up in Sacramento. And what I mean by this is the unions are going to pump hundreds of thousands of dollars into CVUSD. And if you're in another district, this is in your district too, because they'd like to control the school boards. If they control the school boards, they control what gets in front of your child. So they put hundreds of thousands of dollars to get those seats filled with people that will take their agenda and make sure it gets in front of your kid. That's a lot of money. Guess what it's spent on? is spent on newspaper ads, flyers, and signs because those things are big-ticket items. But name recognition is going to go much further than those money items, and that means that you have to host coffee meetings in your home or wine and chocolate meetings, if, if that's better. You need to help these candidates by walking and knocking on doors. You need to talk to each other. If you don't have time because a lot of us are busy, Use your money to do the talking and help these candidates because none of these candidates have deep pockets. They don't have 500000 They don't have 10000 sitting in the bank just running for school board. School board was not on my bucket list. It wasn't. I actually raised my kids at home. I ho I'm a home educator because I came out here from Los Angeles thinking I was going to educate my kids in this school district until I saw what was going on. And I went and interviewed the principal of the school district to ask him some questions. And 30 minutes later, I knew I wasn't going to send my kids there. And I didn't know what I was going to do because I didn't know anything about homeschooling. And my whole thought was that they probably nurse their kids until they're 12 and wear Birkenstocks. <laughs> and, yeah, I know you think that because I was, it was a stereotype and I didn't know. But um, I'm a home educator. I launched my kids which means I have time. <laughs> and a lot of you don't have time, right? You're either working full time, you still have the kids at home, you're still do doing all the stuff that mom stuff does. I've got the time. 
I've organized mama bears to support these candidates that are running for office. And if you are in a different county, different city, I still want you to contact me because this is about organizing the mama bears. And we have training for the mama bears. We can teach you everything you need to know about running. We want to support you because this is the only way that we take the education back in this state. It's the only way. Now I'm going to go back to my speech. I'm just going to end it. <laughs> they didn't think we were paying attention. They want us to go away. They've underestimated us. My name is Joel Mancuso, and I look forward to locking arms with all mama bears, not just CVUSC, to clean house and restore education to without our children deserve. Thank you very much. All right. Well, thank you all for uh, for coming and staying for so long. I hope it was uh, an informative and empowering night. So thank you all. Um, I wanted to take a, a few moments to uh, say some thank yous. So first uh, to, to uh, Novo Cafe, to Tina and Massimo for opening their doors. Uh, you know, I also wanted to uh, thank Spire Productions. Uh, Spire is the uh, audio and visual. Uh, they do uh, weddings and corporate events. And so, you know, please, uh, you know, get their card. And if you have a, an event coming up, please uh, use that. Uh, encourage these these folks. Um, and then uh, for uh, California Parent Alliance, um, let me just say um, all of us are volunteers. Uh, Tina and Massimo are, are on the board as well. And and um, they um, we're, we're all just working hard and uh, trying to get this going. I'm excited for what uh, what California Parent Alliance is doing and for how we're growing. Just to let you know, just this week, we uh, we were contacted by two more chapters who want to join California Parent Alliance. And so it's, it's exciting. Yeah. And so we have a vision that, um, that California Parent Alliance is, it, I like the way Andy put it, you know, it's, it's the, the union of parents, right? <laughs> okay. And uh, it's time for us to get together. And so part of that, I'll, I'll just say it, is um, money. Uh, you know, all of this, you know, we're volunteering our time, Tina Mosco opening their doors, but, um, but, you know, getting the word out costs money. And so I'm just going to encourage you all to, to support California Parent Alliance. And uh, the vision that we have is that as part of, you, you know, the teachers, the teachers pay dues every month of whatever it is, you know, $40 a month. Um, you know, our vision is that if every parent were just to donate $10 a month to California Parent Alliance to support the rights of, you know, of parents in the state of California, I think it would change our state. And uh, so please uh, jump on to California Parent Alliance, uh, make a donation and, and be a part. Okay. Steve, can we give money tonight, like checks and cash? Um, can we no. just walk up to you? <laughs> can we just walk up to you and put money in you? No, I'm serious. No, um, 
Yeah, I guess we could probably figure that out. Andy, can we? Yeah, give it to Priscilla. Give it to Priscilla. Yeah, Priscilla's Priscilla. our treasure. Not yeah. me. Hand it right to her. She's trustworthy. We have a lot of cops here in this organization, so we'll immediately have her arrested if she does anything else. Um, I just want to say, Steve Coker being our, our host, you did an amazing job. Thank you. You're also our secretary. Steve's also the secretary of the organization. He's probably done the most work out of all of us uh, recently with the website, getting that up and running. And that's what I appreciated the most because when we took over, it's not that the website was bad. It just needed to be updated and have some new bells and whistles put in there. So, Steve, I wanted to thank you for all you've done, and I appreciate you so much. Um, I just also want to let you know when you get involved in something like this, you, you can get threats. Uh, talk to Leandra, talk to the other speakers. That for whatever reason, on this end, on the side of right and the side of light and the side of God, we get threatened all the time. And we had such a threat about this organization who uh, called for people to close down Novo Cafe and never come here and eat their food and that kind of stuff. So show them by coming here as often as possible and then have your friends come here. But it also caused us to um, need to have some security brought here. So uh, you've seen the big guys that look kind of scary. They're very handsome, but they're very scary at the same time. Uh, Russell Reynolds and Jeff Robinson came here today and volunteered their time. For they look very CIA-ish with a little air things there. They're talking into there. They're not talking into anything. They're talking, hello? Uh, yeah, Roger, over now. But they look great. They look fantastic. And what did you want me to say, Hedy, my lovely wife? Volunteers. We need more volunteers. There's no way that this gets done. Again, this organization doesn't run because of me. It, it, it runs because of the people that I've surrounded myself with. I just know how to hold on to a mic and say hi. So uh, we need people. We need whatever you can do. Whatever, if you can lift something, that's great. If you have a special skill, we need that. But see my wife, Hedy. Uh, you saw her up here a couple times. You can't miss her. Um, look for the reddish uh, black hair and uh, she will make, make sure you get all set up with all the things you need to, to start volunteering and maybe even set up your own chapter. That would be amazing. Anything else, Steve? I guess uh, last plug would be for uh, California School Choice. Cheryl Hall is right here. If you have not signed that petition, go see Cheryl. I think that's it. Yeah. Last all right. We love you guys. Thank you for coming. God bless. And uh, have a great evening. We have one more announcement from Oh, Andy. sorry. One more announcement. For the Defeat the Mandate event, oh, if you would like to be a volunteer, we're going to need a lot of them for that many people. See Wendy over there in the beautiful flannel, Vanna, <laughs> and you can sign up to be a volunteer for that event. Thank you. All right. Now you dismissed. You may leave.